Hi, and welcome to another Market Voice podcast. I'm Jeff Reeves. The Singapore Exchange is one of Asia's most internationalized multi-asset exchanges. And as China continues its long-term trend of opening up its capital markets, as well as its shorter-term trend of opening up in the wake of COVID-19, SGX has a unique vantage point on how the region's financial system is changing. Lobun Chai joined the Singapore Exchange as its CEO in 2015 after a long history of senior roles elsewhere in Asia's financial industry. He has played a key role in the growth of SGX over the intervening years, as well as the broader growth of the APAC financial markets generally. FIA's president and CEO, Walt Lukin, sat down with Boon Chai at our Asia 2022 conference in Singapore this week to discuss the current challenges and the opportunities that exist across the region. The pair discussed SGX's long-term strategy, as well as developments in commodities, crypto, and much more. Here's FIA's Walt Lukin and SGX's Lo Boon Chai. Well, this gentleman next to me doesn't really need an introduction, but uh, you know, certainly somebody who's been leading ably SGX and its growth strategy since 2015 and before that uh, a 20-year illustrious career in banking and we're, we're so excited to have you here and I always love chatting with you. I, the other thing I learned from Buchai, uh, I did a podcast with you a couple years ago, I think before the pandemic, and one thing I learned about you is you love safaris. Yeah, and, and uh, he is an avid person who loves to, and maybe if we have time, we can talk about your interest in safaris, but Absolutely, uh, yeah. let's, let's stick to the main course here. Um, you know, we're facing a lot of headwinds, obviously, economically, uh, political unrest as well. We have inflation, rising rates. Um, you know, how does SGX approach the current environment? Where do you see growth opportunities in this current economic environment? Well, uh, clearly, absolutely, we are facing um, quite a number of challenges in the uh, macro environment. Uh, just early this month, the Fed did the fourth uh, three-quarter percent uh, rate hike that brought uh, Fed fund rates to four uh, percent, and clearly, inflation is still uh, on the rise and at uh, a very high rate. But uh, all said, I think uh, there is clearly a bright spot. And there's uh, right uh, here uh, in the region, in uh, Asia the Pacific, uh, in uh, positioning power uh, parity terms, uh, in 2022, you have uh, really uh, four countries in Asia uh, that is within the top 10 in terms of uh, economic uh, size. That is uh, clearly China, uh, India, uh, Japan and Indonesia at uh, number seven. And uh, within the ASEAN as a block, that is uh, number five in uh, uh, GDP and uh, headed to be the number four uh, globally. So within that, uh, and coupled with, I guess, supply chain disruption, the, the idiosyncratic uh, risk opportunities in terms of uh, countries in Asia, there are lots, uh, I think, of uh, investment uh, opportunities. So for us, at uh, SGX, uh, providing a seamless, efficient, transparent, trusted platform for access uh, into the Asian economy, into the Asian markets across different asset classes, I think has uh, served investors well. We'll continue to uh, deepen and broaden that. And I think significantly more importantly, uh, we are very focused also in bringing different pools of uh, liquidity, in particular uh, those on uh, exchanges and the OTC market 
Uh, and one good example is uh, foreign exchange, we can talk about it. Because I think by combining pools of liquidity in times of volatility, and you and David talk about uh, margin and flow scarcity, I think one of the counters to that is clearly a greater liquidity pool and diverse set of uh, participants. Well, and you mentioned um, you know, SGX and its margin models. I, I would just compliment you. I mean, when you talk to the FCM community, you guys are a bit of the gold standard. I think they enjoy working with SGX. And um, one, one question I have, though, in, in turning to some of the topics you mentioned, uh, China. Obviously, it's a competitive market out here. SGX is an island nation and not a lot of natural resources. But, you know, China, with its zero zero COVID policy, zero tolerance COVID policy, uh, but you, the markets are still opening. I mean, it's, it's sort of an interesting dichotomy of the financial markets continue to open, but there's still some, some challenges that they're facing politically. What's your take of that situation and how does SGX potentially benefit from any of that uncertainty? Well, I mean, uh, despite the slowdown in China, uh, it is still a very large and uh, significant economy, and uh, there are still uh, investment opportunities. What you look at in China today in terms of uh, opportunities may be different from what you look at 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and I think global investors are still seeking uh, growth opportunities, investment possibilities uh, in the China. And uh, if you look across uh, the world, uh, and even in the recent 20th National Party Congress, President Xi himself has also highlighted uh, the continued internationalization of the RMB. Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll continue to see that trend and the use of uh, RMB uh, as a payment and transactional currency. Uh, in fact, the, the uh, CNH is the fourth largest uh, currency traded in Singapore. And between 2019 and uh, 2022, uh, the amount of traded value has grown by the 190%. So that's significant. So clearly, I think China continues to uh, offer investment opportunities. And what is important is to have an envelope or a broad platform of access into China. So today for SGX, we provide a very comprehensive suite. You can access the China equity story uh, through our A50. You can also look at it in terms of the currency with the largest uh, listed uh, FX futures exchange offering a CNH and there's obviously iron ore commodities. And that is uh, significant because today the uh, total derivatives just traded uh, on iron ore is close to two times the uh, physical size. Four years ago, there's only 1.1. So I think there are many areas of access and uh, thematic and uh, possibilities in terms of uh, looking at China as an investment destination. On the equity side, um, you, know, you look around the region and you know, obviously SGX has its own cash equities business, Hong Kong, China developing. But you know, if, if you're talking to an investor, you know, why why trade in S, at SGX? Why trade in Singapore versus one of those other? What what would be your pitch to a, a potential investor in some of your products? Well, uh, for one, uh, in Singapore, the, clearly it's the triple A rated, the only triple A rated country uh, in Asia. It is uh, clearly one that is. Uh, conducive to do business, consistent, uh, clear rules, uh, clear regulation. 
But I think for the SGX, not only are we a flight to safety, clear, transparent, trusted platform, I think the pandemic period has clearly shown that we are also a flight to quality, flight to usage. Uh, we are not the only one, uh, but many exchanges in particular has also come together to ensure that platforms continue to operate. Uh, who have imagined that in the, in the period even for us at SGX, uh, we only had uh, 1% of our staff uh, on-premise uh, during that period. And I think more importantly, uh, the consistency and ability to engage the overall ecosystem is key. Uh, David talked about the, uh, the political security of uh, margins and then the, obviously how exchanges have to react in, in the period of stress. Uh, what uh, we have also done is to try and engage participants and also look ahead in terms of what are the potential events that are likely to happen and uh, look at concentration risks. And I think that constant engagement with participants uh, has uh, given them the confidence that you can always count on SGX. And uh, even when we have to do the world's first liquidity switch in 2020, and thanks to everyone uh, in our ecosystem, those outside of that were able to now create, frankly, a bigger market uh, with many other exchanges uh, in it. One of the issues I think you'd mentioned is uh, commodities, and Dave and I talked a bit about commodity volatility. Um, but I, you know, I think you can make a case that we're in a commodity super cycle, you know, as we head to a zero carbon economy in 2050, you know, commodities are going to be more important and some nations are not friendly that may have the commodities that we want or need for that transition. Um, so we're going to see volatility. Um, and I, somebody told me an amazing statistic, maybe it was David, that 50% of all crude oil flows through Singapore um, ports here. What, what is the commodity strategy? I mean, Singapore, obviously, um, it's relevant to this, this nation, but how, how is SGX trying to reflect that commodity volatility, that super cycle that we're seeing? And do you see potential growth areas in that, that topic? Yeah, I mean, the markets, the cycles, obviously, they, they come uh, in different phases uh, and they are clearly cyclical. A year ago, uh, for those of you uh, who are in the uh, dairy or the milk derivatives market, a year ago, the multiple uh, dairy derivatives contracts uh, on the New Zealand exchange uh, opened up uh, similarly to what you have done uh, in a normal trading day. What was different uh, a year ago was instead of uh, the contracts uh, having its uh, market open, on the New Zealand exchange, it uh, started trading on SGX. Uh, and that was because of our partnership uh, with the New Zealand exchange. It was a contract, a, a market that existed for almost a decade uh, in uh, New Zealand. But uh, in terms of growth and how both uh, New Zealand and us uh, look at this is, we are better off coming together to try and develop uh, a market and that's clearly traded by farmers and uh, international community, uh, commodities traders. Today, that contract uh, is only listed on SGX through a uh, partnership between the two exchanges 
we have collectively uh, grown within the one year period the open interest by 100%, yeah. trading uh, volume by uh, 50%, the number of participants has uh, doubled. And uh, significantly, what's more important is uh, we have now widened the overall ecosystem, increased the volume, help the farmers, help the international community, uh, commodities uh, traders have wider access to that. And I think that complements uh, the way we think uh, about markets development, not just uh, for commodities and the super cycle that we see. The collaboration and partnership uh, is key. New Zealand is just uh, one example. Uh, likewise, I mean, uh, we talked about iron oil uh, earlier on. Who would have thought that uh, today uh, on SGX, the uh, screen volume on iron oil is almost uh, 50% of the uh, OTC market? And uh, we expect that to continue to grow. Today, we draw in financial uh, participants. We also have uh, broadened our uh, rubber uh, market to uh, really now uh, work at the industry uh, with a platform that could trace the original source of where uh, the uh, rubble uh, trees originated and that's obviously towards uh, sustainability. And uh, last but not least, to complement that, uh, the uh, EV uh, metals, so the whole vertical chain of uh, the EV metal contracts that was launched. So I think in this part of the world, uh, commodities uh, will continue to broaden and I think it's an asset class with or without a high level of inflation that I think will have a place uh, in uh, a portfolio. Well, you, you mentioned your partnership with uh, New Zealand. Um, you know, SGX has a history of partnerships over time, this CIMEX CME partnership, uh, but Gift City is a, is a relatively new partnership. Describe how that's going, where we are in, in the growth of that uh, new joint venture that you've done with Gift City. Yeah, so uh, it brings together the two financial markets. Uh, obviously, Singapore is a uh, small uh, city-state, but clearly uh, open, business-friendly. Uh, and uh, India the, is an uh, equity market uh, is at all-time high, one yeah. of the uh, only few, if any, uh, bright spots in terms of uh, market, uh, equity market performance uh, this year. And uh, in terms of GDP by PPP terms, it's uh, the third largest. Uh, in that, uh, what uh, both uh, exchanges saw with the support uh, of our regulators uh, was to create a market that could marry the super liquid nifty that's traded on SGX with the ambition of Gift City to NSC to try and grow a offshore dollar base. Uh, liquidity pool with the development of a offshore hard currency market uh, out of gift. Uh, you can say that is uh, quite a, a, a unique uh, opportunity. Uh, we think it is just beyond, the, you'll go beyond the uh, equity market uh, because for SGX and likewise I would say I think for the NNC, in the world that we're in today, in the, very, in the world that's uh, deglobalizing, Collaboration and partnership is the way to go to, uh, to try and uh, create a broader and inclusive ecosystem. So you think potentially other products, if this works, could develop out of this, uh, out of this partnership? Yes, yeah. uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned sustainability. Uh, obviously, that's an important part of, of your strategy. 
um, COP27, we just had COP27, and, um, but tell us about how, how SGX is helping sort of think through transitioning to a zero carbon footprint and some of the things that you're doing in the, in the um, sustainability issue. Well, the, the, as we know, the climate risk uh, is real, and I think uh, Asia will have to play an important role. Asia uh, emits almost close to 50% of uh, global greenhouse uh, emission, and close to 30% of that comes from, uh, obviously, coal, uh, steel, uh, and uh, cement. So the battle is going to be won or lost uh, in Asia, and I think it's not just SGX or exchanges. I think everyone uh, has a role to play. And I think if you look at the, the issue around uh, sustainability, we can either say, uh, let's all get rid of the brown assets, then uh, you're on that uh, path towards uh, net zero, or you can try and do uh, more green financing, more green projects. Uh, but to me, that is, I think, just uh, the extreme ends of the uh, barbell. Uh, the world at large is really in the middle. Business models, uh, manufacturing industries cannot change overnight. The bulk of the more, uh, middle is really in uh, transition finance. And I think that is where exchanges, SGX, financial institutions, corporates, uh, can play a role. Uh, every corporate clearly has to have a net zero uh, commitment, a plan, implement it, measure, report, and be transparent around it. And in that, I think uh, for us, uh, as SGX, being part of the uh, transition finance journey is key. Uh, we want to be part of the ecosystem where we can mobilize capital towards uh, transition for industries and corporates towards their net zero pathway. And there, I think uh, one of the uh, uh, possibility uh, and where we are working hard, and uh, we hope that could uh, come through uh, in uh, 2023, where we will work in the uh, asset owners, index providers, uh, to try and uh, launch ETFs that promotes transition finance. Do you think there's anything that the industry should be doing in this area to help exchanges to list those products, because I, I, think, I think you're exactly right. Um, but there's a lot of differences of opinion on standards. What is an offset? You know, is it being double counted? Um, there's, there's a lot of things that actually I think our industry does well to reconcile and to do these things. But what, what kind of work should we be doing as an industry to help exchanges like SGX to, to, to do those types of products? Well, I, I think uh, for, for the industry and for exchanges, uh, clearly the being uh, transparent around these, the different standards, uh, it will take time uh, yeah. for standards to, uh, to uh, uh, governize uh, covalence around a particular, I mean, if you look at the accounting standards, it took many decades. So th this will take a while, but I think uh, the ecosystem exchanges uh, could do and, and the work is uh, with organizations uh, even like FIR school uh, to try and uh, have uh, transparencies around the uh, different standards and for any capital market uh, products that exchanges bring uh, to their market I think that consistency in application of those standards and the transparency around that 
I think will help investors to navigate and put capital to work. Well, it's taken us this long, but I got to raise the crypto topic. Sorry. Um, I thought you'd talk about that the earlier day. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. Um, but you know, Singapore had been sort of or is a, a leader on you know how to think about crypto, and it maybe as part of the growth strategy, it thought that it could it could be somebody that's leading the way here on how to properly regulate that industry. I think MAS just came out with some recent guidance in that area. Um, but what, what, how does SGX think about crypto? And, and do you have any lessons learned from what you're observing happened with FTX uh, you know, in the Bahamas and elsewhere around the globe? Which, what's the lessons learned and how does SGX take the good and move it forward on the crypto topic? Um, I, I mean, uh, clearly events uh, over the last few weeks uh, has demonstrated that, uh, I mean, there's clear, uh, clearly a call for uh, greater regulation and uh, guardrails based on what uh, has just uh, happened. But I think uh, certain fundamental uh, basic principles in capital markets have to be uh, followed. Whenever there's customer funds, clear segregation uh, is important uh, and obviously, uh, when you have uh, a matching or trading, transparency around that is uh, important. For us, uh, we have not, um, we've obviously been uh, following and monitoring um, the development quite closely. We have not uh, followed some other exchanges to launch uh, crypto uh, futures. Does not mean we'll not do that. Uh, because we are looking at this in a way where if you were to do that, what does it mean for the overall ecosystem in terms of the risks that you may bring? But more importantly, uh, for crypto, digital assets, which I think will exist, uh, there are many, notwithstanding what's happened, there are many estimates in terms of how a certain percentage of all transactions will be tokenized or be uh, settled on, uh, on the DLT. So we're watching this space uh, closely, but I think more importantly, uh, the underlying technology uh, could work. Uh, the important consideration is really in finding the uh, appropriate and uh, right use cases. Uh, we have a couple of uh, projects uh, ongoing. Uh, I think two, two clear key trends that we see. Uh, one is in uh, using the underlying technology for issuance of uh, capital market instruments. I think the layer of smart contracts around that uh, will create the efficiency transparency. And uh, the other clear trend that we see is in uh, tokenization of uh, assets. We are still at our uh, depository and custody has now begun work to uh, set ourselves up where eventually even uh, shares uh, could be tokenized, uh, let alone uh, potential other asset classes like uh, loans uh, and funds. This is a topic that I think David mentioned, but um, it's a, of interest to the FCM community in general. Um, but I don't think they want you know, different tokenization standards with different exchanges. Do you get a sense that there could be a, a industry-wide standard? It almost, it, it almost expands futures too, right, into securities and other asset classes. Um, where we can come up with some standardized ways of tokenizing collateral for good reasons, right? To, to get it in the hands of when liquidity is needed and to move it quickly. And one thing I was always struck about the, the Bitcoin revolution, and this, this actually was at 
Asia Conference with the Winklevoss twins. They were here well, two years ago, 2016 maybe, or 2017. But one thing they said, and it always struck me, um, was they said that you can move $10,000 or $9,999, I guess you can't, can't import more than 10,000, faster by jumping on a plane in New York and flying it to Singapore than you can through the banking system of moving that same $10,000. And that's a fundamental problem, right? I mean, that's a problem of the, the banking system that Bitcoin was trying to figure out how to solve and through its, its blockchain. But do you think there's, there's room for us to grow here as an industry to try to help to solve some of that fundamental rails of, of finance, of what we can do and to quicken up the risk management there? Well, I don't think you need uh, a, a common standard because I think the technology really allows you to apply uh, a layer that cuts across uh, different uh, standards. And I think the way this is designed with the transparency and the different nodes will help. But also, I mean, while it may allow for what, what the industry like to call for in terms of payments, uh, atomic settlement, uh, it also has, I think, its drawback. Hmm. Uh, not that it should not exist, and uh, the current payment system in the, in, in the banking industry could be improved. But uh, every one of us are uh, probably now the, using um, a lot of the banking uh, app for instantaneous uh, almost transfer. While it's instantaneous, it probably take a couple of hours before the funds are really debited and uh, credited. I'm sure many of us would have made mistakes uh, in uh, those transfer, uh, transferring to a different account that where it was meant to go. And uh, it takes probably uh, a lot more time to unwind that. And I think instantaneous settlements has a lot of advantages, but there's got also some drawbacks where you cannot correct an error uh, in the manner you hope to do so in a timely period. Well, we only have a few minutes left, and I wanted to come back to the safari question. <laughs> so. It's so interesting to me. I've never been on a safari, but what got you interested in going on safaris and uh, what keeps you going back? Obviously, besides the enjoyment, but uh, <laughs> uh, I really, uh, I mean, I started it before I, before I uh, had my role at uh, SGX. So I, be, I began uh, going to safaris about 15 years ago. But it was really when I became the CEO of SGX where I truly appreciated the meaning of uh, ecosystem. Uh, and for all of us in uh, financial market infrastructure as a participant, ecosystem takes a long, long time to uh, develop. And every player in the ecosystem, no matter who you are, no matter how big, how small you are, you have a very important role to play. And one example, uh, I mentioned there are many examples, is most of us would probably say, why do we need vouchers in the jungle, in the forest? Without vouchers, the ecosystem doesn't exist, right? The lion can be the strongest in, in, in the, in the uh, bush. Uh, no one is left to pick up uh, the carcasses. The world does not exist. But my point here is uh, it got me to understand and appreciate the importance of the role that everyone can play in the ecosystem. And uh, that's more true, I think, in uh, financial market infrastructure. 
Well, that's the perfect way to ask, end our interview here. So, uh, Boonshai, obviously you play an incredibly important role in our ecosystem. So thank you so much for your thank vision, you your leadership, and thank you for your support of FIA. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide investment, tax, business, legal, or professional advice to any individual or entity. Unless specifically stated otherwise, neither FIA nor its members endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, opinion, product, process, service, individual, or entity presented or mentioned in this podcast. FIA makes no representations, warranties, or guarantees as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the podcast content. Reliance on the podcast contents is done at your own risk. FIA disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special of consequential damages arising out of any use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or its contents. Any commercial use, resale, or redistribution of this podcast without the FIA's express written consent is prohibited. Copyright 2022 FIA. All rights reserved. For more information, visit FIA.org.